Welcome back, everybody, to the Pastors Podcast. I'm so glad that uh, you can join us for this second in a growing series uh, that I'm sharing with uh, my friend John Brown as he sits in our makeshift dining room studio and uh, gives the time. what a blessing that is to have him to sit to, and he gives his time to us. But this is his heart. This is what he, he feels he's on earth to do. And uh, let me just say this about John. He, he can teach some challenging things, but I have never met a more loving individual in my life than John Brown. Um, he partly cringes when I say things like that, but it is, it is, it is exactly how I feel. And I've often equated him in my heart with the disciple John who leaned his head on the breast of Jesus and uh, wrote such challenging things to the church in his later epistles, uh, but yet uh, just brimming with love. And uh, uh, you just sit with John and you just feel through his words, through his conduct, through his reactions to you, nothing but a warm embrace. Um, Not to say he won't correct you, um, but he's also open to correction. And I love, I, I've, I've discovered that the older I get, the more I want to be around men of humility, men and women of humility, who show the grace and compassion of Christ. And uh, uh, I, I am a better disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ because the Lord brought John into my life. And uh, so just John, I'm, uh, thanks for sitting in with me again for this, this episode. I'm very happy to be here. I thoroughly enjoyed our time together before. Yeah, before we, we looked at six areas where the church is not in truth. I won't go back over those areas again. There's, there's six, and, and really there are others, but those are six yes. that we're, we're keying in on. And if the Lord leads us to discuss some others, I can already think of a seventh one, actually. You helped me think of that earlier. But um, we... We will probably touch on that, um, and, and and I'll just go ahead and say it. It's, it's the church. One of the areas the church is not in truth is is that she believes she's been fully discipled to Jesus. Uh, we're made, we're make the church is making disciples, but are we making disciples of Christ, or rather, are we just making disciples of each other? Uh, that's an area of deception, and, and I know we'll, we'll be talking about that. Um, this is all about walking and living in truth. John shared the text in Second Thessalonians in our first episode that is very alarming. Um, you can go back and read that yourself. Second Thessalonians chapter 2, uh, primarily verses 8, 9, 10, I think it's verse 11. Uh, and let the Lord speak to you again, or go back and listen to the first podcast. Or if this is your first time to listen to a podcast, just remember this is the second of a growing series, and you'll need to go back and listen to the first. Um, but here's a scripture that was uh, important to my heart as we were preparing for this second episode, John, and it's, it's the disciple, the apostle John, who wrote in his third epistle, Beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. For I rejoiced greatly when the brothers came and testified to your truth as indeed you are walking in the truth. And then he said in verse 4, I have no 
greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in truth. John, I believe that's your heart. That's a wonderful text, too, and that is, that is our heart. Uh, we're wanting to see the 21st century American church uh, make herself ready yes. by purchasing truth, receiving a love for the truth, to walk in truth. Mm-hmm. But the burden of my heart is that uh, there's not much truth in the, the modern-day church. Mm-hmm. Uh, it isn't that it isn't there, but it isn't what we are seeing as a whole. Yeah, We as a people are not walking in truth. Mm-hmm. It's, this is not reality in the spiritual realm. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, that's what I would like to talk about today. That is, what is spiritual reality? And uh, I'd like to begin, if I may. Yes, please. Uh, by just uh, making the point that the spiritual realm is higher than the created realm, mm. the natural realm. Mm. Uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. But we know from the word itself that there's a big gap between created the heavens and the earth. Because when it comes to laying the support system, the foundation for the earth, there were already uh, myriads upon myriads of created angelic beings and stars and uh, the universe was already there because uh, the stars broke forth with song and the uh, sons of God, the angels, uh, shouted. They could see God was doing something very unique with that little tiny bit of dust uh, in the in in the center of uh, the universe, and uh, we we know that what He has created, you know, they now are uh, guesstimating from what they can see with Hubble and other uh, means that uh, uh, this has been going on thirteen point four or point eight billion years. Wow! So we're talking about the created realm. Mm-hmm. And uh, the earth as we know it, as what's been revealed of the, the story of the earth, is just the last 6,000 years of the earth. Yes. And so we're, we're, talking, we're at the tail end of the story that's been written so far. And you know my heart here. If I'm reading God's story right, it really doesn't begin from God's point of view, until he moves into his house. Oh my, yes. In fullness. Yes. Revelation twenty twenty one. Yes. When he moves in to a house he's preparing for himself. Yes. Within his creation. Oh. Well, we'll get to that perhaps later, but <laughs> uh, the reality is that there were eons, uh, time that cannot be measured Prior to the 13.4 billion years of creation, God wasn't didn't come on the scene. No, when right. He created, He had already been here in eternity past. Right. So this is a huge story, but the creation part of the story uh, is where we come in, and the reality is is that spiritual realm that existed prior and continues through the time of creation and the uh, universe uh, that spiritual realm reigns over and supersedes 
the natural realm. Mm -hmm. The laws of the spiritual realm uh, are above and rule over the laws of the natural realm. And we see a number of examples in the scriptures. Uh, For example, uh, Peter with the other of the twelve in the boat. Jesus comes walking on water. This is after a day of of miracles, you know, right. the feeding of the 5,000. Mm-hmm. And here he comes walking on the water in the middle of a storm. Mm-hmm. And they're frightened. And Peter says, if it's you, command ye me to come. And I'm hoping in a future podcast we can focus there. Yes. Because he doesn't say, ask me to come. Right. He doesn't say, can I come? He says, you command me. Yeah, the, the King James word is bid me, Lord, bid me come. But it is the word of command. It's, yes, because Peter had discovered, we'll touch on this later, of course, but I want to say it now, in the command is the empowerment. Oh, my. Yes. To live above what he would put under oh. you. And the spiritual realm is that realm. Yeah. All of a sudden, the laws of the natural realm, gravity, meant nothing mm-hmm. in comparison to the power of the word from the spiritual realm. Mm. And you gave me an illustration when we were t- discussing this before. And uh, uh, you remember that uh, the uh, Moses and them were at the battle. Mm. And they prayed that the sun would stop because they were winning and they didn't want nightfall to come before the battle oh, was yes, over. Yes, 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 yes. And the, the sun stopped in the sky. There's, no, there's nothing in the natural realm that can explain that. Uh, scientists, astronomers will, will tell you things would fall apart <laughs> if this will not work. Oh, yes, yes. And yet there, there was a whole people, a whole nation who witnessed it. Mm. And the natural realm reigns above. We have Philip baptizing the Ethiopian eunuch and coming up out of the water. He was snatched away by the oh. spirit mm. and transported and finds himself at uh, Azatos. Yes. And... Uh, yes. So the point I'm making is is that this realm to which we've been birthed into, this reality that reigns over the natural, we've not purchased truth there. We, it's as if we don't believe it. Yeah. We live, we're living as if we don't believe it, and yes. yet we say we do. Yes. He's wanting us to come to faith here, to believe. And uh, with God... He challenges us to believe that. Yes, he does. I mean, he said he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The God who was is the God who is. Yes. And always will be. He challenges us. Our Lord himself challenged us. He says, as, as I have lived by my Father, and you see what his life looked like when oh, the Father yes. was ruling. Yes. It was, you know. Walking every... on water, dividing a few loaves of bread and a couple of fish. Healing the lame. Oh. Uh, giving sight to blind Ears to those who were born deaf. Unthinkable things. Raising the dead. Raising the dead. He says, as I have lived by the Father, so you are to live by me. Yes. He's calling us into this realm that he's birthed us. And we've not believed. Well, with the conflict between the spiritual and the natural, and sadly, the deceiver has led us to believe that the real realm is this natural realm which we see with our natural eyes and we hear with our natural ears but there's this other realm yeah and in this other realm 
Well, in the beginning, God created and made man in his image and likeness, primarily spirit, having a soul, having a body. But he was primarily a spirit until he sinned and the word of God was fulfilled in the day that you eat, you will die. Mm. Well, in a sense, we don't believe that we died. Yeah. The truth is, the spirit of man did not cease to exist. Death does not mean that to God. Mm -hmm. It just is... It was as if dead. That's right. The heart... Unresponsive. Unresponsive. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, with God, uh, the spiritual is first. And with Adam, the spiritual was first. And then the natural. Yeah. Until he fell. That's right. Until he sinned. Mm -hmm. Until he decided to take over the throne of his own heart himself. That's what Lucifer offered him. Mm -hmm. You can be like God. Mm -hmm. You can decide what's right and wrong. Yeah. Choose the tree of... And man has been living by right and wrong is for him to decide. Yes. And uh, so he has been first natural and the spiritual has been unknown to him. Mm -hmm. But now that we've been born again, it reverses. We were first natural, born spiritually dead, and then spiritual. And we have this truth of the natural and then the spiritual in uh, 1 Corinthians 15. Uh, so also is the resurrection of the dead. It is sown a perishable, bo- perishable body. It is raised an imperishable body. It is sown in dishonor. It is raised in glory. It is sown in weakness. It is raised in power. It is sown a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. Yes. There, if there is a natural body, there is also a spiritual body. The spiritual is not first, but the natural, then the spiritual. That's right. That's what I'm reading. And that's where we're, where we're at. We, we have been promised that we've been born again into this natural realm. First the natural we were. Hmm. But too much of the church, too many children of the kingdom believe that we are still bound by this natural realm. Hmm. Well, in Romans 8, all of creation is groaning, waiting for the revealing of those who believe that they have been Amen. transfigured. They have Amen. been reborn of the Spirit. Mm-hmm. So there is this battle between the natural and the spiritual. Truth, reality to the children of God is that we are now living in this other realm which reigns over the natural. Mm. If we would but believe If that. we would but believe that, John. Oh. Yes. Yes. And that is this first deception that we talked about. That is, we think we believe. Yeah. But it is head knowledge. It is an intellectual assent to some doctrine or teaching. It's not heart faith. Yeah. And I'd like to I'd like to get into that today. I think I think we need to, because once we give governance to our head thinking there's no way we can receive from into the heart what the Lord has to speak to us in the moment. That's because I was going to ask you, what's the disconnect? Why can't the church believe that we are well, spiritual beings? We say it, yes. but what are the implications of that? And it is held as a truth in our heads. Mm-hmm. And with some, it's true in the heart but they have not known how to yes. uh, live out of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, tr- 
true faith to believe is of the heart and it's not of the head. And we've had a hard time grasping that, but there's just so much in the teachings of Jesus and with the early church that reveal that there there is this split personality, if I may say. There is this new man of the spirit, mm-hmm. and there is the remnants, the body and the hard drive, the mind, which is to be renewed of the old man. Mm-hmm. And we have so trusted the mind of the old man that we are having a hard time believing with the heart that there is another man, a man of the spirit. That's the issue. And Paul talks about that much in his epistles, you know, uh, our, uh, our uh, caring about in the body, the dying, mm. that the life. Yes, might be manifest. Might be manifested. Mm-hmm. Well, how do we get about that? Well, it begins with our understanding faith. Faith is of the heart and not of the head. For example, the word in Romans 10 from Paul, but what does it say? The word is near you in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we are preaching. That if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart a person believes, resulting in righteousness. And with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. Now, you can believe in your head a truth, a fact. Yeah. Uh, And in the illustration in the last podcast... Uh, the church has believed in a gospel that saves us if we believe in the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, that he atoned for our sins. Right. But the gospel that he preached was to believe that he's Lord and that the reign of God has now come. And where has it come to? Well, the first man that it came to, was established in, was the very Son of God himself, who humbled himself to become Son of Man. Yes. He allowed God the throne of his own heart. Yes. He did nothing on his own initiative. He didn't even speak on his own. Yes. But only that which his father told him to speak Mm -hmm. to show us that we can live that way. We can live out of our heart, that is, Mm -hmm. out of our believer. Yes. Well, that believer comes to faith by hearing. Well, we all have these ears that allowed us to hear, but let's, let's look. At Romans ten seventeen, so faith comes from hearing, and hearing by the word of Christ. The word does not say, as I have often heard it quoted, and you've heard it quoted this way too. So faith comes from hearing the word of God or the word of Christ. I've heard it that way. Yes, it does not say that. That's right. It says faith comes by hearing, and then it says, and the hearing comes from a rhema, a word. It's spoken in the now, mm-hmm. a now word mm-hmm. of Christ. Mm-hmm. Romans ten seventeen is telling us how faith, how hearing comes. Faith comes from hearing. Well, it's telling us that, but it's wanting us to know that how how hearing comes. Yes, our hearts are not enlivened to hear. The ears of the old man are dead in his heart. He can only hear the very least. To each has been given a measure of faith, mm-hmm. being able to hear. And whether he receives more faith is dependent upon how he responds in obedience to what he's heard, how he has responded to what he's heard. So faith comes by hearing, and the hearing comes when Christ opens the ears of our heart 
to hear. That's why Jesus could say later, for example, he says this several times, but in the parable of the sower and the seed, Mark chapter 4, he tells the parable of the seed falling on four different grounds. And then he says, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Yes. Everyone in his crowd that had gathered shook his head. He had ears. I have ears. I I heard heard that. I heard that. Mm Mm-hmm. But as Jesus continues, he makes it very clear that uh, some of them did not have ears to hear. He says, I speak in parables. He's now talking just with his disciples. He's left the crowd. And he says to his disciples, to you has been given the mysteries of the kingdom. Mm But to those who are on the outside, get yes. everything in parables so that in hearing they may hear and not understand and in seeing may see and not perceive. I have heard it taught that Jesus taught in parables to make the truth so simple. That I even, have heard that too. Even the least yes. could understand it. But the opposite is true. Yes. The truth is God taught in, Jesus taught in parables to hide the truth. You know, in the Proverbs, again, we read, it is the glory of God to hide a matter. Mm-hmm. And it is the honor or glory of royalty mm-hmm. to search out a matter. Mm-hmm. He hides it, not because in the end he does not want them to hear and receive and repent and come. He hides it on the most part because they're not yet ready to, or able to hear. They would not respond with the hearing. He waits until it's the very best opportunity for us to respond when we do hear. We do everything we can to convince a man of the truth by our arguments, by the scriptures. Yes. And if we can get them to believe, well, many have believed not because they love him. Yeah. They believe because they don't want to go to hell. He would like to have kept it from them because now they have purchased something that they really do not want. And they're even more accountable and more responsible for that truth. Yes. And there are many who have believed that Jesus died as an atonement for the sins, but the truth is he died for the sins of all of those who don't come as well. Here's a scripture in John chapter 2. This is just before his interview with Nicodemus, and it's at the end. And I think it illustrates very clearly what you're what you're saying. Verse twenty three of John 20, uh, John chapter two says, "Now when he was in Jerusalem at the Passover feast, many believed in his name when they saw the signs that he was doing." Verse twenty four, but. Jesus, on his part, did not entrust himself to them. He wouldn't give them what they wanted. No. Because he knew all people and needed no one to bear witness about man, for he himself knew what was in man. Yes. If we could just learn that truth, that is the church, Mm -hmm. uh, it's more important that hearts be prepared by the Spirit 
it is to those that we want to speak. Uh, we need to speak, but we need to leave it to God and His Holy Spirit to convict those who are ready to hear. That's right. Uh, it is not our job to convince them. Mm-hmm. Our job is just to be faithful to, to share the truth. That's right. Jesus was sharing in the parables the truth, but He allowed that there were those who were not ready. Mm-hmm. Only those who had the ears of their heart to hear, for it is with the heart that man believes yeah. Yeah. that he was speaking. Yes. And we, we, we see this hearing of faith again in Galatians chapter 3, verses 2 through 5. This is the only thing I want to find out from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? There it is. Mm. Faith comes by hearing. Are you so foolish, having begun by the Spirit? Are you now being perfected by the flesh? And that's where so much of the church is at. They they heard, but now they're trying to live out of the flesh. That is, they're trusting their heads. Mm. And their heads allows them to negate so much that Jesus said. Them continuing to believe with their heads that it's all right. Yeah. It's not all right. Everything that he's commanded is an enabling grace. That's right. For living this other life. It continues down to verse 5. So then does he who provides you with the Spirit and works miracles among you do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? (laughs) If we came to Christ by the hearing of faith, the apostle is saying we need to continue living by the hearing of faith. Yes. And most would have to confess. Many would have to confess. Many. They they don't know that they've ever heard him. Right. I've heard testimony after testimony. It was upon finally hearing him that my life turned upside down, Mm. recognizing that he does speak, but he speaks to the heart. Mm. And uh, do you mind sharing an example of that? Because you've heard the Lord many times. Yes. uh, Trying to think of a short story. well, there's a word, word in Psalms uh, 7, verse 16. I bless you, O Lord, uh, for counseling me. Mm-hmm. Indeed, my mind instructs me in the night. Yes. He's talking about the heart. Mm-hmm. In the Hebrew, it sometimes translated mind, sometimes heart. But uh, the heart is the hearer. And... The problem with hearing God is that we have a talking heart. Oh, I've heard you say that before. Yes. My problem is getting quiet. Uh-huh. Well, when I wake up in the night, mm. and I've shared this with you before, it used to be that I would know the Lord's calling me if the first time I looked at the clock it would say 111 <laughs> or 222 or 333. And I've hap- had I've had that happen three times in the same night. Mm. You know, a 222 and then a 444. Yes. A Mm-hmm. I'd get up, go back to bed, and I'd hear him every time. Yeah. Well, I find that my mind's the quietest then. Mm. I wake up. Uh, I may have been dreaming. I don't remember, but it is then when I ask a question that an answer comes. Yes. It seems more quickly. I love that. Uh, and I've recognized, um, I need to say this for those who are listening, that it sometimes... All of the time, really, it's it's just like another thought. Yeah. 
but I, I recognize it because it's a thought that I did not think up. Yes. I did not conjure. That's I did key. not. Yes. It was out of the blue uh-huh. kind of thought. Uh-huh. And uh, where'd that come from mm-hmm. kind of thought. Mm-hmm. And we would not want to take the time now to pursue it, but they, there's really uh, our thoughts, there's our Lord's heart. That's what the abiding life is all about. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you will and you will have it. Oh, I can't wait till you get to this topic of the abiding life. That will uh, be an important... It is, it is, it is the life. Mm-hmm. It is the life. Mm-hmm. And it is, it is the life of hearing. Yes. Uh, the greater part of prayer is hearing. Mm. It's letting the head be the head. It's the hand letting the head be the head. <laughs> when the hand uh, takes over, it looks a bit spastic. Yes. Uh, but when the head, it's amazing what the hand can do. Yes. In the, under the control of a mind that knows what it's doing. Yes. Uh, hearing, hearing is important. I've often used as my own body as a as a physical illustration of the condition of the church. I'm paralyzed. I'm paralyzed from my diaphragm level down. Most of my listeners remember or know that I had an accident in college uh, over well over 35 years ago, and uh, now I, I mean my legs are they're here. You can look at them. You can touch them. They're flesh, but they may as well not be there because there's no communication that is getting through. My legs are not hearing my head. There are many mornings I'll wake up and I'll say, okay, legs, this is the day. (laughs) Start moving, walk, um, and, and whatnot. And, uh, uh, and I just feel like the church has a major disconnect with the Lord. And, and, and having said that, John, there's a passage of Scripture that has just baffled me. I know it is so because it is the Bible. <coughs> but it says in Mark 8.32, when Jesus is revealing to his disciples that he's going to go to Jerusalem, suffer at the hands of the priests, be persecuted, and die, and rise again. He says all that in one little tiny paragraph. Um, it, it precedes it by saying he spoke to them plainly. Plainly. Yes. And the word plainly means in the Greek, plain. I mean, there's no questioning. What did you mean by that? He he spoke plainly with the intent to be understood. And yet, at the same season of time, you go over to Luke chapter 18, and you mentioned earlier that this is like in the last two weeks or so, um, the, the disciples did not understand they could not understand. As you brought out, there's like three different yes. ways in which they just, it was like he was talking in code. Yes. And it was so plain. I must go up to Jerusalem. They're on their way to Jerusalem. Yes. They're going to arrest me. Yes. They're going to beat me. Yes. I will be spit upon. Yes. And they will kill me. He said all of that. And I will rise. And I will rise. They did not understand it. They did not know what he was saying. They could not comprehend it. I, I just, I find that just so fascinating. And yet, I know there have been times when I've just been as clueless as those men. Yes, much of the church is clueless. Mm. They've, they, they even can tell the story mm. and are clueless. 
It's with the ears of the heart mm. that we must hear in order to believe. And they were not at a place where their heart was listening. I mean, even after miracles, you know, he's one time in the boat and, <laughs> and they, they've forgotten that he's just fed, fed. 5,000. <laughs> you know, he, he's just performed this incredible miracle. Yes. And, and yet it did not produce faith. No. And uh, we need to open up our hearts to hear. We need to let the Father know, Father, I want to hear mm. you. Mm. And I want to hear in order to obey. Mm-hmm. There's two parts to faith, two parts to Jesus' ministry we talked about. Yes. The three-day work, the three-and-a-half-year work. But there's two parts to faith, the hearing of faith, but then there's the obedience of faith. Yes. And without the obedience of faith, faith ends up dead. And we'll, we'll probably pick that up in the next episode. That is so vital. Um, you have a, a way of illustrating maybe this, this whole topic. And by the way, this theme, we're not putting an end to it. These themes will keep coming back in future episodes as we build upon it. We'll talk about these things again. This is, yes. My mind is already turning about wanting to respond to what you had just said a moment ago. Um, but we're about 33 minutes, and I think you have uh, a closing illustration, I think, that will be helpful to, yes, to our it's, listeners. It's this cognizance, cognizant dissidence, mm-hmm. this, this uh, gap between what we say we believe and the reality of how we're living. Yes. And a friend of mine, Tom, Tom Brown, actually, we bear the same name. We've been brothers close for almost 40 years. Mm-hmm. And he tells the story of the man who was born and raised in a town that was on the river, downriver from a great dam. Mm-hmm. And his father told him when he was young that, uh, now son, there's a crack in the dam, and they're talking about that uh, it's, it could get dangerous. So we need to keep that in mind. Well, the son grows, the father passes. Well, the father had left him a place up on the mountain where they had a cottage, and he remembers as a child playing up on the mountain and how peaceful and wonderful it was and thinking someday I'm going to live here Mm. because he had the fondest memories of life up on the mountain. Mm. But he always went back down to the home in the valley, down river from the dam, and as years passed, the stories increased about the crack enlarging and the threat of it collapsing. And, and it was a, the water behind the dam was of such volume that it would literally wipe out the town. Yes. That there was no possibility of mm. anything remaining. Well, there was always the talk about that down at the diner or <laughs> in life. Uh, and he believed it. He knew that there was some danger living downstream from the dam. Um, But whenever uh, something would come up, uh, the refrigerator is kind of uh, rattly. We need to get a new refrigerator. He buys a new refrigerator, and he takes the old refrigerator up to the cabin. You know, he needed a refrigerator up there for when he visits. Yeah. Um, And uh, time passes. Uh, His job... uh, as a manager of the hardware store, uh, the, the owner's getting old and approaches him and says he would like to sell him the store. 
and he thinks, and the owner tells him, well, this is what I've been making off the store, and uh, you can pay for it out of the profits. You will have a very nice living. And how could he turn that down? He buys the store. Well, with the store comes more prosperity, <laughs> a sunroom on the house, you know, and uh, a newer car, and in time, a second car. And yet, he, the stories about the dam continues. Mm. Now, what does he believe in his heart? The dam's no risk. Here's, we, here's where we are, yes. The reality for that man is he would rather live downstream from a dam that's going to burst oh, yeah. than to move to the little cabin up on the hill where he's had the best time of his life. Mm. Because of the allurement mm. of the riches of the town down in the valley, of the lifestyle, of uh, the pretension. Mm. That's where the church is at. We know the storm is coming. Mm. We know that uh, yes, darkness do. becomes darker still, yes. evil more evil still. Mm. But he'll have time someday in the future to deal with it. What a deception. Mm. And that's where I believe the church is at. Mm. We need to close up shop in our hearts to this life Love not the world, nor the things in the world. We quote it. We continue purchasing it. The sermon of sermons that Jesus preached, that is often quoted, but so misunderstood, is the Sermon on the Mount. And he ends it with that virtually the same word picture. Yes. About the two houses. Yes. One built on sand and one built on the rock. The call was very clear. He spoke plainly for those who have ears to hear. Build your life on the solid foundation of Christ. To our listeners, it's time to purchase the truth. Mm -hmm. It's time. John, what a way to end this episode. Would you pray for our listeners right now and for myself and yourself? Yes. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness to us. Oh, Lord, yes. And for revealing that it's your heart that we hear. Mm -hmm. And so I'm asking, Father, that uh, to those who are listening, and I always ask this for myself and my brother, yes. Scott. Yes, Give us ears to hear. Please, God. We want to hear in order to obey. We want to obey in order to enter into the fullness yes. of the life that is the life of Christ. Oh. So I'm asking for my hearers, Father, mm -hmm. that you so move by your spirit that they know that what they're hearing, not from me, but from you, is a truth they need to purchase. Mm -hmm. And I ask, Heavenly Father, that you would show them that uh, you've provided in their wallet everything they need. Yes, Lord. To purchase it. Yes, Lord. To your praise. Mm -hmm. That will come, Father, in the revealing of the sons and daughters of God, of the bride making herself ready, of our being about quickening the day. Let us hear. We ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, mm -hmm. Father. Amen. Amen. Amen, John. 
Thank you so much for sitting with us again. And listeners, thank you for tuning in. And we've got more episodes to bring you. Uh, Hopefully that will leave you with some things to think about until the next one is posted. So you can subscribe to my blog, The Pastor's Blog. Actually, it's called Call Me Pastor Scott, but it's the same uh, IP address, Pastor Scott, P-A-S-T-U-R-E, Scott, all one word, dot org. And that way you can subscribe to both the podcast and the blog and stay informed. Until then, God bless you, my brothers and sisters, my wonderful listeners. Thank you.